the Sunday Morning Linux Review with Mary Tomich, Tom Lawrence, and Tony Bemis as the Beaver. And this is episode 285. Fresh looks. Bodhi Linux. Bodhi. This is Tony Bemis. Mary Tomich. Bill Parada. Tom Lawrence. Isn't there a comic that made a song talking about Bodhi? Booty? I don't know. Booty. Booty <laughs> Linux. No, I, I don't. There's not two O's in it, so I think it's Bodhi, but uh, very yeah. funny. All right. <laughs> there's a booty I, song, but, you know. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's not, not Linux this, related? It's not Linux related. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, in, uh, as everyone understands now, <laughs> in this First Looks episode, I take a look at a distribution that's been around for over seven years. Now, normally I prefer to review distributions that are not Ubuntu-derived. I mean, I prefer them. I certainly do um, reviews on Ubuntu-derived distros. But anyway, because, you know, a lot of them are uh, so similar to Ubuntu that it's really not worth the effort. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are some distros that are sufficiently different that they do warrant a look. And I'm happy to report that Bodhi Linux is one of those. So let's, uh, let's cover the vitals. Uh, of course, the name is Bodhi Linux. I hope I'm pronouncing. I'm assuming it's a, a shortened virgin, version of Bodhisattva, which is uh, the Buddha mm. in uh, in uh, some spiritual realms. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm assuming. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, as far as the pronunciation. The maintainer um, is Jeff Hoagland, and actually, I found out that he is uh, he lives in Illinois. Um, so not too far away. Yeah. Uh, the distro's latest birthday, uh, 5.0, was released on August 22nd. It's a derivative of the Ubuntu long-term series, which I think is Bionic uh, Beaver at this point in time. So that's the one I think that was released um, so back in April, I believe. 1804. Yeah. Yeah, I'm long-term. pretty sure. Yep. Yep. And the kernel uh, it has uh, is 4.15.0. And the review desktop, well, it is Moksha which apparently is a fork of Enlightenment. And um, Moksha actually first started appearing in Bodhi Linux back in, I think it was 3.1. Uh, it was about three uh, years ago. And uh, they've got, uh, you can actually um, uh, learn more about uh, the Moksha desktop by going to GitHub. Um, and there's also a little category in the Bodhi Linux um, menu um, about the operating system, I think it's called, and you can go there, and they've got a little blurb there about the Moksha desktop. Mm. But it still, it still has quite a bit of the um, Enlightenment feel to it. And one of the reasons why they forked it is because apparently Enlightenment had had not really had a, a significant update in many years, and then um, they started to work on the infrastructure. And uh, sometimes that can be a bit perilous because when you're working on the infrastructure, uh, which of course is inside, you know, inside it, um, there are touch points that the user will see. And so some of those uh, infrastructure, while good for the infrastructure, broke some things uh-huh. for the user experience. And so they just decided that um, they had to do something about it. So they forked it. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, also uh, you can, when you go to the site to download, you can download, um, they've got three different ISO images. Um, with uh, each release, including this one. They've got one that's standard, and that's actually the one that I used. And that is, uh, if your uh, processor is running uh, 64-bit OS, which I think nearly everyone's is, um, you can use that. They also have a legacy one for 32-bit systems, and uh, that's kind of nice. Um, 
that particular kernel, though, does not include the PAE extensions, um, which, of course, is not supported by many older systems. So if you're running, it's still running 32-bit. I'm not sure anybody is. I do have an old desktop that has 32-bit OS um, or a chip. You can certainly use that. And let's see here. We're just going to keep moving along. Um, and then the, the final one that they've got is something called AppPack, and that is a standard release, but it's just a very, very base install, so the user can then completely customize it according to his or her preferences. So there's just no extra frills in there by default. But, you know, as I said earlier, I just use a standard one. Um, so let's take a look at the live environment. I'm happy to report that there is a live environment with Bode Linux. And, uh, of course, it's one of those many distros that let you try before you fly. Uh, Bodhi boots to a grub menu, and they, you've got six options. You've got your typical ones, the live, memtest, check. And then they had one that boots from the first hard drive, um, which is H HDVB um, VirtualBox, which kind of intrigued me. I thought, what the heck's going on here? Well, um, apparently I went ahead and selected it, but it just simply booted to my first hard drive, or the first hard drive on my system, which at the time was running um, Arco Linux. If you guys remember the last fresh looks we did, oh yeah, I did Arco Linux. But anyway, I think I think you have to be running VirtualBox. It probably will fire it up. I don't know. I moved on from it because I wasn't uh, that interested in learning about that part of it. But after the uh, finishing the reboot, I ended up in the live session, of course. And the desktop is very clean. There's no icons on it, not even an install icon, as I will uh, come to regret later. <laughs> it's just nicely done Bodhi-themed wallpaper with a single panel um, spanning the bottom of the screen. Now, that panel is, um, and I'm actually running it right now, guys. So um, I'm doing the review on uh, Bodhi Linux. But it's a single panel at the bottom set up as they typically are. You've got your system notifications on the right side, um, whatever apps and tasks and things you got going in the middle. And then on the left side, of course, is your app launcher, that kind of stuff. Um, let's see. So after finishing, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, I already said that. <laughs> uh, my laptop, of course, is an oldie but goodie. Uh, it's my old Zareason, which has been chugging along here for, my gosh, probably six years. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it tend, as it tends to happen, my laptop um, wireless was not available uh, in the live environment for some reason. You know, I did I did an LS mod, and the the wireless modules are in there, but for some reason it just doesn't tend to recognize it. And this is not the first time it's happened. I don't get too uh, worried about it because I just figure the proof will be in the install. Um, and by the way, too, my laptop uh, runs a it's got an uh, Intel uh, forty nine sixty five wireless adapter chip. Um, but um, I want to go ahead and take a look at the defaults that come with uh, um, Bodhi. The browser, by default, is Midori, and uh, also Chromium is available uh, and installed. The Office Suite is LibreOffice. The mail client, there isn't one, but in the Bodhi uh, Linux App Center, you've got a couple of op options to choose from. The file manager is PCMan.fm, and the package manager. Well, actually, Bodhi Linux has several tools from which to install and or update applications. They've got a GW package installer, so if you download a .deb, um, it'll handle that just nicely. Uh, it's got something called the System Updater and uh, Synaptic, and then the Bodhi App Center. So I talk about those uh, in a little bit when we get into the live environment. Now, um, a very interesting thing occurred during my interactions with Bodhi Linux. You know how it is, guys, if you're doing something and you're kind of using your laptop, then you're moving to something else. You're, you're kind of back and forth between your laptop and something else. Mm -hmm. I do that if I'm testing something, writing a review of a distro, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Uh, sometimes your, your screen, you'll go into uh, you know, power save mode or it'll, it'll you know, kind of go into lockdown. 
Well, what I uh, do in the past, or what I did here, is I, I try to get back to it quickly and hit the hit the space bar button, and it immediately popped up a window that um, uh, said activate presentation mode. You disabled the screensaver too fast, which I thought was kind of funny to say. Uh, do I want to enable presentation mode, which will then um, leave it on? I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. Hmm. So uh, of course I did. <laughs> so, but the options you can say is yes, no. No, but increase the timeout, and, and no, and stop asking. I like mm. to have the options right there. That's that's yeah. actually kind of clever. Yeah, right. exactly. They they had them uh, they had them right there and available. So I uh, definitely yeah, made use of them. Normally, you have to go digging through the settings and find out which one it is to and be able to extend that. It's not consistent between operating systems. Yeah. Right. So even if they're Ubuntu based. <laughs> yeah. So I, I appreciate the fact that um, it realized I'm going back and forth and it wanted to make life easy for me. Um, but the max, uh, the max time between, um, you know, hitting a keyboard after it blacks out is 300 seconds. So I guess, mm. what's that, about five minutes? Yeah, it is. Yep. I guessed. Oh, my God. All right. So anyway, uh, but I was anxious to check out the installed version, so I moved on to the install phase. Now, I typically kick off the install process by uh, using the easily available icon on the desktop because most distros have one there. Or perhaps it's in the app menu under System Utilities. As I noted earlier, in the live version, um, Bodhi Linux does not have an install icon on the desktop. I finally found it listed in Applications Preferences. And, and then the name of it was Install Bodhi Linux 5.0.0 App Pack. I looked at that at first and I thought, what's that? Um, well, actually, it's the installer. So I didn't think it was very intuitive. Not a big deal, but... Um, it was the only thing that had the word install in it, so I figured I'm going with it. We'll see what happens. Now, Team Bodhi did a nice job of rebranding the Ubuntu installer. The only hint that it was Ubuntu's was the uh, partition graphic, and even that color was green rather than Ubuntu's orange, which is no longer my favorite color, by the way. I don't like orange anymore. What? <laughs> That's a joke. Okay. Um, anyway, as I noted earlier, I had no wireless capability during the live session. However, however, I'm happy to report that I was prompted to select a wireless network from a list that included both of my routers. So I decided to wait um, until after the install was complete to see whether there'd be any wireless networking glitches. So I decided not to install the updates. Plus, it gives me an opportunity to test the updating and to see how that works. So mm -hmm. that's what I did. Um, and so the, let's see, the partitioning portion of the install was unremarkable, and that's a good thing. Since Bodhi Linux uses Ubuntu's installer, there were no surprises, just a process that worked. After it completed, I clicked reboot and awaited for my newly installed system to pop up. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, a, a quick note about uh, documentation for Bodhi Linux. Um, I did appreciate that they've got a nice step-by-step -step install process, which I didn't really use, but it's nice for someone who may not be as familiar with Linux who um, wants to make use of it. It's there, and um, um, I kind of came upon it after I installed. So, yes, I didn't read the directions. I just went with, uh, with the system. All right, now after the reboot, the system was ready to explore, except for a small problem. The Quick Start web page, which, by the way, opened when I was in a live environment to present me with some really nice little um, links to helpful tips and, and features and things. Um, the first time I tried it in a live environment, it opened in, in Genie, I think, which is the HTML editor. So it was basically in edit mode in a web page, which I thought was pretty odd. Hmm. Um, I... Um, that is the only time it happened, so I'm figuring maybe there was some kind of a timing issue as far as um, it 
reading in the um, nice web page version versus the edit mode. Not sure what happened, never happened again, so I just forgot about it. Um, wireless was a little kludgy at the start, which could be related to my legacy chip. As I said earlier, it's IWL6945. Uh, um, I saw no wireless notification icon in my system tray, but later figured out that there was a little black square icon, which when clicked displayed the normal wireless information and options. The good news, setting it up took no time. The bad news is that the strength indicator did not appear in the icon in the system tray until I clicked on it. So um, it was kind of odd. A little black square there. I click on it. Up, it shows then my strength meter. Hmm. So I'm not sure why. I don't, I'm not sure if it was at my end or if there's something else going on with that, but it was just, just kind of weird. Not a big deal, but just a little weirdness. Now, I rebooted the system numerous times to test different uh, situations, and uh, one thing I noticed is that uh, uh, Bodai Linux has it set up that if you if you select reboot or, or shut down, you know how in Ubuntu and a lot of other distros you get a chance to confirm that's what you want to do? You do not get a chance to confirm. If you select, if you go into the menu and you accidentally select something you didn't want to select, you are, it, it just takes the action. It doesn't give you a chance to confirm it. So just a heads up on that. It Very, sounds like a Linux thing. Yeah. You yeah. hit enter. That's what it, you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what you wanted, whether you wanted to or not. But anyway, um, just a little heads up. Um, just. Uh, it's efficient. The system shut, shuts down really fast. I was pleased to see that. But, yeah, there's there's no chance to uh, undo that. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, too, is after install, I noticed that my Bluetooth was active. Um, and it was really weird because I think the back end is, what is it? Is it Bluez or something, the uh, back end driver? B-L-U-E-Z. Oh. Yeah, something like that. Um, I went in just to see um, see if it was there. It's not installed, so I'm not sure if this is just indicating my network's active and it's using the Bluetooth indicator. Well, it probably loaded the stack, but not all the tools related to it, because there's that the could be. activation from the kernel versus the functionality uh, extended mm -hmm. by the application. Yeah, and I tried, I went into their system settings, and um, that's where, you know, when I'm using my, uh, my other... Uh, Linux system. That's where I'll find Bluetooth. I think under network connections, lists all the networking tools and utilities. Um, I really couldn't find it in um, in the Moksha desktop, so I was a little disappointed there. So it's it's on. It's no big deal. But yeah, just something I noted. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, maintaining the system. Now Bodhi Linux is based on, on Ubuntu, as I noted earlier. So I expected to see a polished App Center. During my early testing, I received. Um, Several errors and alerts indicating that the location the system was trying to read to was, or excuse me, write to was read only. I didn't know what to think of that, but here's an example of one of the errors I got. It said, Moksha has had an error while writing to its config file. The file is not writable. Perhaps the disk is read only or you lost permissions to your files. Um, and the file uh, where this, uh, that uh, triggered these errors was um, my home directory and then a hidden uh, .e directory for, I'm assuming, enlightenment, and then another E, and then config profile cfg.tmp. Uh, I was advised that the file had been deleted to avoid corrupt data. Now, I decided to research the error to determine what was going on. However, all browsers were given an exception error when I tried to open them, and a test app I installed said it was using default rather than customized settings when I opened it. So it's almost as, as if the, uh, um, the config files were not writable. Um, or updatable. So it was very peculiar. Mm. And I thought, oh my gosh, there goes my good review. I'm going to trash it now. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, it was just a little, uh, little disappointing. But here's the weird part. 
I decided a quick reboot might fix the issue. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, ended up nav- I ended up navigating. Uh, well, first of all, I think I ended up in, uh, I ended up in Busy Box. Now, I, you know, Phil, I look at you and I think, now there's a guy that probably spent some time in Busy Box and knows it, right? I actually get lost when I'm inside of BusyBox um, because it doesn't have all of the nice shell features that I'm used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's true. Uh, so, but uh, here's the thing. Um, what I decided to do is when it went into BusyBox, I rebooted again. Then I went to the advanced grub menu, and it had a recovery mode. And what's nice about that is that built into that are some very nice checks, basic checks, uh, system checks, like FSCK. So um, I'm hoping that my WTF was going to be fixed by FSCK. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but anyway, so um, I went in, and it actually, um, it actually um, fixed some things, and then it said I needed to manually run it. Now, I've done that a few times, and I've always been impressed with how it, uh, FSCK seems to um, fix my problem. I know I have to hit a lot of yeses, fix, fix, fix. And that's exactly what I had to do here, too. So I manually ran it, and then I had to fix errors like inodes that were part of a corrupted linked list found. Fix? And I said yes. And then um, luckily there's a little um, setting that I can um, uh, check that just says automatically fix them all. So I do that. I mean, because, I mean, the alternative is what? Just sit there and keep clicking. And uh, no, so I went ahead, did that, walked away for a few minutes. And I'm happy to report that all of the issues were fixed, and I successfully rebooted into Bodhi Linux. So, Hooray. Yeah, I was happy there. I mean, I was glad that I was able to get back to where I was. I just couldn't figure out what had happened that caused that problem. I just, I just don't know. It was right in the middle of the install? Or was no, it right no, after... it was done. The install, see, here's the thing. The install was done, and it was, it was as if part of the file system was read-only and was not allowing any changes or updates to be made. And then um, a reboot, I tried to fix it with the reboot, but then I ended up uh, in trouble, which I got out of. Solar mm-hmm. flares flipped the bits in f <laughs> back. There we go. You know, Problem that's what solved. I was thinking, Tom. I'm glad you said that. I wonder if there was anything interesting in uh, D-Message I've... when that error initially happened. Mm-hmm. But eh, we'd have to go back in time now. We would, we would, and I reinstalled it um, because I was testing some other things. So um. yeah, the only time I've seen things like that happen is uh, hardware failure, or like either power cut out in the middle of it writing yeah. to a drive. Or, yeah, it makes sense. Or something like that. But you said it was right in the middle of you using it. So yeah, I yeah, wonder, I was using it. I wonder if your RAM or your hard drive is starting to go bad on your computer. Ooh. But it, I'm going to do mem test next. It time. might be. <laughs> this might just be an isolated event, and you'll never see it again. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you haven't seen it before and you haven't seen it since, then I wouldn't really worry about it. Yeah, that was just the only time. So, yeah. So, anyway, but, you know, the good news is I, I got it fixed, and I was just happy to have that recovery mode feature in Grub and the advanced Grub menu available. All right. Um, let's see here. So, um, updating Bodie Linux is handled by System Updater. It's also known as EapData. <laughs> EapData. Updates. Eep. <laughs> Eep. <laughs> it reminds me of the Scottish thing where there's like taters and neeps. I don't know if you ever heard that. It's like turnips and potatoes, and then they have hoggies, which is that uh, sheep stomach that all sorts of meat and spices oh, yeah, are put yeah. into. Haggis. Haggis, taters, and neeps, Haggis. they call it. Boil them, mash them, put them in a I've steam. had that. I've had it, I tell you. It's really a tasty meal. 
Um, I'll take your word for it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, so I'm going to call it, well, it's known as system updater, and that's what I'm going to refer it to. But when it, when it prompts you for your password, it just says eepdater. So it's mm. kind of cracked me up. Now, since I had not opted to apply uh, upgrades during install, they were waiting for me when I opened the system updater as a list of packages. Now, across the top of the system updater utility, there are four buttons, upgrade, package, installed, and available. And it took me a minute or two to figure out that the upgrade button would do nothing but just show the list. Because what happened is I, I clicked them all, and then I thought I press upgrade, and it would just upgrade them. No, the upgrade button is really like a tab because all it did is it just reorganized the list alphabetically. Oh, <laughs> so, <no. laughs> so anyway, um, I, w- I went up to the top of the toolbar, and on the very right side there was a little sprocket or gear that said apply. And I thought, there it is. So I went ahead and applied it, and uh, sure enough, um, it could be a little more intuitive, but it wasn't too bad, um, but it worked. Hmm. Now, um, but there was a little interesting situation. The very first system uh, update did not go as planned. After 40 minutes, I'm not kidding you, 40 minutes, I checked the system and it appeared to be updating, but was it really? The system updater appeared to be hung at processing triggers for libc bin. You guys familiar with libc-bin? It's probably the C library. Yeah. Some binary. I don't know what it is. Is anybody? Anyone? the libc yeah I, yeah i don't mean to put anybody anything on the related to libc getting updated um your system might behave in weird ways just like you're experiencing okay i hit i hit some weird dbus errors uh the other day trying to update one of my systems at home um mm. it's it's deep internals yeah, it, well, after an hour, it was still processing those triggers, and it's been my experience when it gets to that point in an update, um, that goes pretty quickly. So I thought, oh, my God, the system's hung. <laughs> I'm doomed. I'm doomed. I'm never mm. going to be able to finish this review. Um, but um, I made the decision to close the updater and shut the system down for a few minutes. I decided not to reboot, but just to shut it down, turn it off, and power it back up again. And I was pleasantly surprised to find... I had no problem. It booted right up to the Moksha desktop. I thought it was a fluke, but to make sure, and this is just to show you what I do for everybody when I review these things, I reinstalled the whole thing again, and I went through that update process, and it hung again at the same spot. So I don't know if it's something related to my laptop or if it's something else, but it hung at that same um, file, same step in that same file. So, um, and as before, closing the updater down and rebooting, um, if it was just fine. So... Hmm. And when I went back into the updater just to see what was going on, it said the system is totally up to date. So something doesn't get passed back to the um, the updater utility saying, hey, I'm done. Um, it just sort of hangs there. A little odd. Anyway, but moving on, um, installing new applications. Now, clicking the Bodhi Linux App Center opens a web page. I was expecting to see a little, you know, because it's based on Ubuntu, I was expecting to see some kind of an Ubuntu-like uh, little app center. But what they did is they built it into their web page. So you can go to the Bodhi Linux App Center um, by just going to BodhiLinux.com, uh, and then um, the App Center is a little link at the, in the top, and it, you'll see all the things that are available to me. And But, but I did try... <laughs> Okay, like most people, most curious people, I wanted to see if I could install something on my uh, KDE Neon system, but it it didn't work. Mm. Um, Just so you know, because I was missing something, something it needs, that script needs to install. an enlightenment 
It, yeah, some library or something. Yeah. yeah, so it wouldn't let me. But um, you know, you can't fault me for looking at it. But anyway, so it opens a web page um, which displays a clean, simple interface. There are 88 applications available across 19 categories. I did the math. I did the math. It's four and a half apps per category, so it's kind of kind of minimalist. Um, the program I decided to install is called Double Commander. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but if you hear the name, you know it's a it's a dual pane file manager that has a lot of the features and characteristics of Midnight Commander, mm. um, which I've always kind of liked. And it's a GUI. It is. It is. Yeah. But you still got you know still got um, a lot of those features. But. Uh, Oh, let's see here. Everything went well. There were a couple of oddities that I noticed, one of which was the inability of the system to determine that something was installed unless you attempted to install it again. And that has to do with the fact that it's a web page and not a, a completely self-contained install utility on the system where it will check first. So what I'm saying is that once I got, uh, um, once I got the, that file manager installed, I went back to the App Center. I, I drilled down to that spot again, and it said install. The button still said install. So I thought, well, that's odd. I just installed it, and I found it in the menu where it was supposed to be. So that went well. And so when I clicked it, it's when I clicked it, and after I provided my password, it said, oh, you've already installed this. So, huh. so it's, again, it's because it's an external web page, and the scripts don't kick in. When the scripts kick in to, to, to do the install, it detects that okay. you've already got it. Hmm. But you can't. Um, so they need a better system for that. Well, yeah, I think it, I think there's probably a better way to do it, but you know that all requires time and resource and that yeah. type of thing. So you know, again, it's a, just a small little thing. I just was kind of curious it's to see. Yeah, yeah, just noting it. Not a deal breaker or anything, but no. um, just one of those things. Uh, let's see here. So. Um, Oh, yeah, there's the other little oddity, too. Um, not oddity, but since the App Center is built into the Bodai Linux site, there's a possibility you end up browsing away right out of the App Center and into Bodai Linux site proper, as I discovered. <laughs> you know how it is. You, you, you think you're in the App Center, and then you click on something, and then you end up, you're, you're out of it. You just kind of hit your back button on the browser. No big deal, and you're back where it was. Um, I did use Synaptic because Synaptic is available, and of course I love Synaptic, even though it's a little long in the tooth. I still like it, and and I used that to install uh, something outside of the Bodai sphere of influence, and that was Thunderbird. Although I later looked in the emails um, area, and, and you have an option of two uh, email types. You can install uh, um, you can install um, Thunderbird or uh, Clause Mail. So. You know, because I always install from the command line, I, I don't think a lot about it because, like, I use Pop OS still, and they have the Pop Shop, which is cool. It works, but yeah, yeah, it's I don't use it very often. So I'm just used to command line installs. Yeah, yep. So totally, totally understandable, Tom. Um, so oh, I took my uh, I went to advance. I went advanced to the total end of the document. Ah, I'm not there yet. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it worked. Uh, Thunderbird, or not Thunderbird. Well, I use Thunderbird on my other system, but Synaptic I really like. Um, and I also took a look at uh, took a look at the um, uh, repositories. And uh, you know, as as one would expect, uh, there are of course all the uh, requisite uh, Ubuntu repositories. They they do connect to one uh, Bodhi Linux repository, and that's of course for the various apps that they've got themselves that um, are kind of separate from um, or that may be separate from Ubuntu. Um, anyway, well, as I like to do, I like to kind of poke around and see what other interesting programs they have. They've got all the, you know, the regular stuff that someone would need. But they also, um, I was pretty surprised at the game, uh, the gaming on here. They've got the, the Play on Linux. Um, are you familiar with that? Yeah. Uh, I used to use, 
I used to use it a lot, and then I found Lutris. Um, but Play on Linux is super useful. Mm -hmm. they, it configures Wine for you. Yep, and they've got uh, the version they have on here is 4.2.12. So that was available. It comes pre-installed. Um, and interesting, they also have Steam on there. It comes installed by default. Mm. And I went ahead and opened it up, and it, it went through this kind of updating process. Um, That's really what you get when you open Steam. Uh, An updating process. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the ride. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, and it's interesting because it's a completely separate process from, um, I think, from the other updates because uh, um, when that system update was occurring or hung, I wasn't sure at that point. I was kind of poking around elsewhere. That's when I opened Steam and it started its own update. So it's kind yeah, of it has its entirely own system for that. Yeah. Yeah. So it also has um, OpenShot installed, Tom. I thought you might be interested oh, cool. to hear that. Yeah. And then um, also, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of a punch in um, the graphic um, media and that type of thing. Blender's installed. Uh, well, I said it has a lot of punch. Okay. And a big learning curve. And a big learning curve. Um, Inkscape, Pinta, and then something called ePhoto, which I didn't spend much time um, looking at. I'm surprised not Darktable. That's another one. Yeah, I'm not cool. surprised. If they got Blender in there, my God. How come not Darktable? Yeah. Uh, system, now, System Tools. Um, They've got uh, the Bodhi App Center, of course, PC Man FM, GW, system settings, um, and the terminal is called terminology. Now, mm. <laughs> when I was looking, I was looking for, I was looking for the console or, a, you know, a terminal, and I'm kind of going through looking. I saw terminology under system tools, and I was thinking, oh, it must be a glossary or somebody. <laughs> I, I, I did not, I did, I did not even open it. I just, just went right by it looking for, uh, you know, a terminal, G-term or whatever, E-term, who knows. So anyway, uh, once I, I went out to their site to find out what they use, and that's when I discovered that terminology is the name of the terminal. <laughs> um, preferences are, were organized a little oddly. Um, I usually like to see system preferences, theme preferences, those kinds of user-based um, things, but it had that, um, that Rander, uh, A-R-N-R. You familiar with that? It's a rander. It's a, it's a, it's a for your display. I mean, it allows you to do some kind of customize your display and what it's. I've doing. heard of X Rander, but yeah. not. This is uh, A Rand A R A N D R hmm. A Rander. I don't it's, think I hit the wrong key. Is X Rander A Rander? <laughs> it could be. It, it could or the be the other way around. A Rander is a fork of X Rander. I, I don't know. Well, X Rander was a command line utility. Was is this a GUI command uh, it, utility? It, Probably, you know. I should, well, you know what? I'm, I'm running it right now, so let's just find out here. So um, let's see here. Now, okay, uh, the uh, the review will be immediately over if something happens to my display. <laughs> 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 All right, let's just see here. So, uh, what did I say that was under um, preferences? Yeah, A R and R. Here we go. I just I'm just doing something here now. Oh, you know what it is. It is a little um, graphical. Um, it just shows you what um, what monitor you're running, and obviously, mm. I've just got one, so it's just showing me one. That's so all you have it's doing. Ones, so you know which one to yeah. configure. So that's cool. I could add another monitor, but then I have to buy one. So anyway, but that's what uh, that's what it has there. Let's kind of move on here. Um, we're kind of coming up toward the end of this. Uh, let's see here. Oh my goodness, this is jumping around, but. Uh, and let's see. Oh, yeah. I think I talked already about the repositories. Uh, they all pull from Ubuntu except for packages.bodi uh, Bodhi Linux, Bionic, 5 main. 
so my reading on this. Well, you know, there were a few little kludges, uh little areas that I thought were a little weird. But what really seemed to help was just kind of reinstalling everything. And again, my my uh, legacy laptop may have been may have been part of the culprit. Who knows? Um, but uh, I certainly think that if you want to run, if you like uh, the the Moksha desktop, and it talks about the fact that it's not really a desktop environment. It kind of straddles the line between a Windows manager um, and the desktop environment. It doesn't want to get didn't want to get too weighty, like uh, you know my favorite one, KDE. Um, but I, I found it to be um, very, um, um, very useful, you know, as far as uh, it's usable um, and it's lightweight. And if you want to take a look at, if you want to have the kind of the strength of Ubuntu with uh, something a little lighter weight, this may be, this may be for you. You know, a couple, you know, as I said, my, my little, little bit of a non-intuitive with the updater, but now, you know, once you go through it, you get it and uh, on you move. So, so that's really my, um, my take on, um. Uh, Bodhi Linux. All right. Awesome. So, yeah. I mean, I liked it enough that I'm running it, and I'll keep running it until I do my next review. I thought it was a, kind of a side note, but it's on their uh, thing. They closed other forums that they had because of GDPR. They push everyone to Reddit now. He said that he, the developer stated that he's not a lawyer, and he doesn't want to take the time to figure out all of that. So to avoid being sued, go to Discourse or... Uh, Reddit. Yeah. Yeah, their chat. Discord. 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 Yeah, their their chat. Their chat is on Discord. That's probably the reason I don't run even for my YouTube a whole forum. I put it on Facebook. I'm like, I don't have to deal with any of the laws and rules and spam filtering. It's just, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So, so there it is, gentlemen. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Mary. You're very welcome. And uh, so you've been listening to the Sunday Morning Linux Review. This was episode 285. Fresh Looks, Bodie Linux. And this is Tony Bemis. Mary Tomich. Phil Parada. And Tom Lawrence. See you next time. You've been listening to the Sunday Morning Linux Review. If you would like more information about this or other shows, go to smlr.us. Feel free to send comments to show at SMLR.us or give us a call at 734-258-7009. I'm John Miller. If you don't like it, you can bite my 8-bit metal ass. That's bite with a Y. <laughs>